You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. So come to the site now, check out what we have here, already flipping the page to week nine, the waiver pickups, and that's what we're going to talk about here on our weekly waiver wire edition here. It's our experts edition. Today's guest will be Eric Edholm of Pro Football Weekly to help us uh, look at uh, the guys that uh, are intriguing on the waiver wire and get a little bit of a scouting report on what we think their outlook can be going forward. Uh, We'll have to uh, first uh, wrap up what happened there on Monday night between the Patriots and Bills and the takeaways going forward uh, there. And then we'll also quickly here look at the quarterbacks and the streaming situations here with a lot of buys. Then we'll Come back and close the show with a look at some uh, tight ends and defenses, uh, help that you might need at that position. But Eric will help us with the running backs and wide receivers and all the good stuff there. So that is uh, something to definitely monitor as we go forward and have a big buy with uh, six teams off this week. So let's dive right into the Patriots-Bills. This was a not good game for the Patriots offense in terms of uh, the passing game. You had... Tom Brady, 324 yards. Yeah, that was good, but he didn't have a turnover, but only 324 yards. So you settled for that uh, 13-point game almost from Brady. No TDs. So the Bills' pass defense, we thought they could cause some problems. They did across the board. Uh, Josh Gordon was really contained by Tredavious White, but they had a lot of trouble with James White and Julian Edelman. 9 for 104 on 10 targets for Edelman. 10 for 79 on 13 targets for White, as well as uh, 15 yards rushing and a touchdown. So a lot of White, Edelman, zone coverage, dumping it underneath, uh, stopping the shot plays to Gordon and Gronkowski, and that was the result of this. And unfortunately, uh, you had Chris Hogan fall short of the goal line there for Brady owners and that purpose, and uh, White got the benefit instead there and put it over the top. So product of the matchup, it'll be better this week with the Packers and not as nearly as a daunting pass defense and back at home in New England. So we look at this backfield, Sonny Michelle. I mean, it's still the James White show because Cordell Patterson was used as the gadget player running back 10 for 38. He wasn't that great. He had a 22 yard run. We'll see if Michelle can return against the Packers, but right now this running game is pretty much not there. It's just the extension there with White and Edelman. So White and Edelman's, Value definitely increases with Michelle out or if he's uh, banged up and limited uh, going forward. Kenyon Barner, forget about that. They're not going to force him in there when they don't need to, when uh, they can throw the ball, and they're perfectly content doing that. And the Packers are another team you can throw the ball on pretty well this week. Now you look at the Bills side of things here, and uh, nothing really to see here. LaShawn McCoy did play through the concussion. He actually looked pretty good as a receiver here. They dumped it off a lot to him. Six for 82. He only had 13 yards rushing on 12 carries, but a 95-yard day, you'll take that as your RB2 or flex, especially when you didn't know if he was even going to play. So he plays through it. We'll see at this time of airing if this is his last game for the Bills, but 
He's still getting the job done, looking good. Wherever he goes, he's a guy that's still viable here. Chris Ivory was the more effective runner, was decent, but he's not going to be there unless uh, we see that uh, McCoy is out of the mix or hurt. Uh, Ivory has a good value there. We saw 45 yards from scrimmage. And you look at uh, the other side, the receiving core, not much there. Zay Jones, 6 for 55 and 8 targets, still a modest high-volume game. Kelvin Benjamin is just done here. Caught only two of his seven targets, had one 40-yard play to have 45 yards, but that's it. And this passing game is just such a wasteland, really this whole offense. And you pretty much have the running back because you hope that they scrape together enough yards from scrimmage, and that's about it. But uh, that's all you're looking at for the Bills. And uh, the Bills, again, you can target all your defenses against them. Big opportunity for the Bears defense to absolutely go off there against the Buffalo, even back on the road in Buffalo in week number nine. So Derek Anderson, obviously, is not going to be a streaming quarterback option. Uh, neither is a Jameis Winston because he got benched. And now the former Bill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, is someone you can look at. Big, big bye week this week, namely uh, the Eagles not having a Carson Wentz in there and available. Andrew Luck as well on a bye. So just a really a brutal that uh, you have to try to find some streaming quarterback options. Well, the good news is Fitzpatrick is back in the mix. Winston had been getting it done. Then the meltdown against the Bengals, the four interceptions, get benched. Fitzpatrick comes in there, throws two TDs, looks very sharp in relief. Once again, we know he's streaky, but tough matchup this week against Carolina. But he's a guy that if you're looking at in the stretch run, if you're a toggling or streaming quarterbacks Fitzpatrick has, a, has to be in the mix because the keys to the Buccaneers passing offense a bad defense limited running game a lot of weapons is going to put up points so you have to pretty much swap out Jameis Winston for Ryan Fitzpatrick if you were using that quarterback week in and week out now so you can go back to Fitzpatrick so just a bit of a mess there but Fitzpatrick definitely has to be on the radar because of all that now, on the Thursday night game, we have to look uh, there as well for some maybe some value. Uh, you have C.J. Beathard and Derek Carr playing each other, and it's not really playing each other. It's playing two pretty bad, banged-up defenses there. So that's the advantage with those two guys. I think it could be a run-heavier game plan for the 49ers, the game flow. They are favored there at home. They can run all over the Raiders, who have the worst run defense. So bet they're they're pretty careful with when they can uh, win the matchup so in that sense you got to like Derek Carr maybe to put up the numbers he did against Andrew Luck and the Colts as they dominated in the running game with Marlon Mack there so Derek Carr has plenty of weapons here even with Martavis Bryant shut down he showed you at Seth Roberts and and uh, Jared Cook and they could get it done Jordy Nelson could be quiet but this 49ers secondary is uh, definitely questionable the Raiders are going to have to throw a lot in these games the volume without uh Marshawn Lynch in there, so you're going to try, hope that the volume adds up to some production here for Derek Carr like it did, and that was a good sign after the bye that it did. Garbage time doesn't really matter for fantasy. He got the job done against the Colts, and uh, Dak Prescott is a guy that we have got to look at a little bit more going forward. The schedule is rather favorable. Starts with the Titans here on Monday Night Football, so Dak Prescott will have to see here with Amari Cooper, what kind of a quarterback he looks at. But he's been running. That helps. And he's been scoring on the ground. He's been uh, getting some good chunks on the ground. So that's good. They changed their offensive line coach there in Dallas. Uh, got Cooper in the mix. So Cooper's going to open things up here for Michael Gallup, who they had a good connection with developing there in Dallas. 
And you also have uh, Cole Beasley in the slot working. So legitimate more passing game. That's going to help Prescott. He's running. Ezekiel Elliott playing off that. And the Titans secondary can have some leaks there. So Prescott's a good streamer this week. And uh, going forward, he's going to have some value as a high-end QB2 that could uh, really help you, especially if you're uh, looking at different quarterback week in, in, week out. Well, we'll have uh, Eric at home here in a minute to look at more the running backs and wide receivers we're looking at in uh, fantasy football. A lot of rookies there to monitor and some backfields in motion. But first, I've got to tell you that uh, Vivid Seats, if you're looking for the best experience that you can have in entertainment or sports to last you a lifetime and know that you've been to a great event and you had hassle-free experience uh vivid seats will, is going to take care of you it's the online event ticket marketplace dedicated to make sure that everything is good to go with any event that you go to whether it's a football game another sporting event musical theater tickets it is your place vivid seats you're going to find great prices and an easy purchasing experience at the website and uh, you can uh, Take advantage now of a special offer as a listener to Locked On Fantasy Football using the promo code Locked On. You can receive $20 off your first order of $200 or more at Vivid Seats. And it's very easy. And you can feel assured here because all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. All you have to do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download that Vivid Seats app. Enter the promo code Locked On. Receive $20 off an order of $200 or more as you're the first customer first time there at Vivid Seats. So check it out. Uh, big time games coming up in uh, NFL and college football. Vivid Seats is going to get you there and make it the best experience of your life. When we get back, we'll talk to Eric Edholm here of a Pro Football Weekly. Get some takes on some running backs and wide receivers out there on the wire. Joining me now, as he always does here for our weekly waiver wire shot of advice, is Eric Edholm of Pro Football Weekly. Eric, not a lot out in the waiver wire, but a tough part here with the six teams on bye in week nine. Yeah, I, I've had a hard enough time when it's like four, you know, and in my own leagues, it just seems like I've I've had a couple rough weeks. I haven't really had much of a choice in terms of my lineup. I'm like... All right, I guess I know who I'm playing because most of my guys are off, so it gets a little a little tougher this week. Yeah, and if you have injuries on top of that, it can be really hard. And I, I know I see a lot of no game, no game, no game on my guys this week. So yep. desperation time. And desperate would be the Eagles running back situation. Now at the time we're doing the show, we're not sure if they're trading for anybody yet. But for now, Josh Adams seemed to be the guy that Wendell Smallwood was used in the backfield. Corey Clement suddenly disappeared from the game plan there in London against Jacksonville. Now, Adams, is he a guy? There's a little bit of LeGarrette Blunt in this guy, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting comp, you know, and, and kind of a bigger guy who has a little bit of finesse from his game. You know, not a not the most creative runner, but sort of a – downhill guy with soft feet I guess is how you'd say it so yeah you you know you watch that game on Sunday and there definitely were some some big holes to run through which is sort of shocking when you think it's the Jaguars and you assume their defense is gonna 
going to cover some of that up. But, you know, I mean, impressive on the stat sheet, nine for 61 or whatever it was, that that late fumble that that was overturned obviously was a huge play. But, you know, we're, we're talking about a guy who had a really big season for, for Notre Dame last year. You know, whether that was the, the work of Notre Dame's offensive line or whether the Eagles are kind of giving him the same type of lanes, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the production is is worth noting at this point. Yeah, and uh, one guy that we've focused so much on Leonard Fournette's hamstring, but Darren Sproles' hamstring has been kind of lingering as well. Now they have a bye as well at the same time as the Jaguars. Now, do you see this offense, the way it's just kind of trusting Carson Wentz a lot and passing that Sproles could have a big role if we have to assume that he might be healthy this week. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to obviously see, you know, what the latest updates are, but I mean, for, you know, he's got such a track record. They've obviously felt like getting him back was an important piece of the puzzle. You know, I mean, he, they easily could have said, thanks for the memories there and then bid adieu, but obviously they've, they've kept him around for a reason. And I think that's, in the back of your mind, you got to remember that. And and you know, Wentz has played well, and I think he still could use another option or two, and you know, make life a little easier. So yeah, he's definitely somebody I would keep an eye on, especially this year where it's you know it can be a little bit of a, a weekly hair pull in terms of who you're you're figuring out at running back. Now another frustrating situation that's developed is the Jets' backfield. Isaiah Crowell has had a couple of big games and not much else, and then you have uh, Bilal Powell down with a neck injury. Trenton Cannon. We kind of liked him, didn't show too much last week. And now Elijah McGuire looks like he's in the mix. And he's a guy that uh, they were looking at as maybe being there ahead of Powell on the step chart uh, if he had not gotten hurt there in uh, training camp. But now you have this situation where McGuire, then you come kind of some spark in this backfield, especially with the receiving core down. Do you think McGuire is just definitely a talented guy that had some production last year and is a good stash? Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, obviously the Bears played some really good defense last week and that kind of threw the whole operation off and even without Khalil Mack. So, I mean, we do have to say, like, this is a Jets offense that, you know, I'm not buying a whole lot of stock in in in, in many places at all. But, you know, I I guess I'd, I'd look at it and say, don't forget, this is probably a less talented offense, maybe a little less hurt too, but still – uh, you know, overall wasn't that great last year, and yet McGuire still had his moments. I mean, it was more that one big game, but still, the end of the end of the year, as a rookie, he had something like 500 yards from scrimmage. And you know, he if he's active, you know, I think you look at the schedule: Miami, Buffalo. You say, you know, and Buffalo played great defense too. I don't want to say there's a, a group you want to pick on, but I kind of like it. I mean, I think in more in the deeper league range but i but i wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed to adding him yeah at this point we're desperate we're looking for running backs anywhere we can get them and uh you never know because marlon mack we probably were down on here a few weeks ago injury didn't look good then all of a sudden he became the man there so you never know you always have to be looking at those running backs now wide receiver we're kind of looking for some more baseline help because we've had some injuries we're looking for maybe wide receiver two or threes ppr guys and I had to look at the Dolphins. I kind of liked Danny Amendola going to that game because Brock Osweiler had featured him a lot, and he came through in a different way through the touchdown yeah. pass. But we'll take it. That still counts. And uh, Devontae Parker, it just made it look silly that he was out there making a lot of plays 
that they've doghoused this guy. I know he's had some injuries. They kind of used it as an excuse to make him inactive, but now they're forced with Albert Wilson and Kenny Stills. Now, going forward, if Parker's still on the team, and, and right. wherever he goes still, I think this is a guy that still has a lot of value. Very talented uh, receiver still. In, in a perfect summation of my fantasy season in, the, in my one league, I, I added Parker last week in a, in a stroke of brilliance and then did not start him on Thursday night, Vinny. So I'm, you know, it, it's like, well, I have a sweet car, but it's stuck in the garage. So, yeah, it, it, the, Adam Gase, I think, is a good coach, but he's 20 and 20 overall. And, and I understand a lot of that has come without Tannehill and everything. And he does some things every week that make me think, wow, this guy sort of gets it. But then this whole feud with Parker and his agent makes me think he doesn't get it. Or at least there always be those things where he's so headstrong and stubborn that, you know, he can't get out of his own way. So Parker's the great example of that. I mean, you don't you don't just catch six passes for 134. And I realize, you know, 40 plus of those came on that one fluky play. But the point is, I mean. He was consistently getting open and making plays against a, a defense that's coming on and a defense that's, you know, starting to emerge as, as one of the better groups, I guess. So, yeah, I absolutely think so. If he gets traded, maybe his value is a little lower in the short term, but longer term, maybe a little stronger. But, yeah, it's a very bizarre thing. I didn't love him in drafts this year. I wasn't drafting him in my leagues. I kind of knocked him down a peg or two, but I didn't know it would be – this long before he truly got his opportunity. And, and now they look a little silly for it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, a couple guys that are finally getting going here as rookies, and part of it has been the offense and these guys getting a little bit well, – we've talked about them before, DJ Moore and Christian Kirk, and you kind of look at it, very similar situations. They're playing off this uh, veteran target, DJ Moore, and in his case, Greg Olson, Devin Funches, and then Christian Kirk playing off Larry Fitzgerald. But first we'll start with Moore. He looks legitimately – Really good, and if you look at it with Olsen back there, they're looking at more, a lot more than uh, Funches here to stretch the field because they already have that kind of uh, catch radii guy in yeah. Olsen, and now they can use him more in a lot of shot plays. And I think the injuries there to Torrey Smith have also helped. Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a really nice situation all of a sudden, and and you know, I mean, I, I just thought that you looked at the way they used them catching balls carries out of the backfield you know they're, they're clearly expanding the menu for him a little bit and and you know early it seemed like they held him back he had that one kind of garbage time touchdown I think in week two or whatever and everybody said yes more of this he's a you know he's, he's a great athlete he's a guy who suffered from bad quarterback play all four I mean he played with like 12 different quarterbacks at Maryland it was just like get this guy somebody who can throw him the ball now this is where talent and opportunity and scheme they're all meshing I mean North Turner's had a good season as, as the play caller there Cam Newton has had his highest completion percentage in his career I believe I have to double check that but and now they're finding ways to to mix this guy in as you said I put him way ahead of Funches at this point so Tampa Bay this week beautiful matchup that's fantasy Nirvana right there at Pittsburgh after that great so you know, if you've been saving up your budget, if you're in one of those leagues that use it, and then DJ Moore is still out there for some reason, just uh, this is where you unload the bank, I think. I don't know that he'll be special, but I think he'll absolutely be in that weekly WR two or three discussion or flex guy. 
Yeah, Christian Kirk is another rookie that we really liked, and we've wanted a little bit more out of him, but it was really hard to trust the offense. You mentioned Norv Turner in the play calling. Byron Leftwich, I thought, did a good job of just yeah. saying, hey, Larry Fitzgerald is our man here in the possession game. We're going to get David Johnson more involved, and then open things up, and then Christian Kirk scores the big touchdown there in the end. It looked actually legitimate with Josh Rosen for the first time that I can remember this season where he's kind of hanging in there and making some plays. And I think Kirk going forward, this is a team that we know is still going to be trailing a lot with their defense. And I think now that this passing game is legit, I think Kirk is going to have some more value finally as that wide receiver three. I agree. I, you know, I drafted him in one of my deeper leagues as my last wide receiver. I just sort of had a, I, I liked him a lot coming out. You know, other people were saying, Hey, it's, you know, it's bubble screens and slants and goes, he only runs a handful of routes and he's more of a running back than a receiver and this sort of, I mean, I got all that. It, the, the arguments with – he was like a less gifted DJ Moore almost, you know. But I still love the way he he played with a super competitiveness. And and you mentioned it. Leftwich immediately makes his mark in his first game calling plays. It wasn't perfect, but it was a lot better. And he and Rosen have known each other a long time. I guess they've been buddies for years. And I don't know. You can't overlook that. I understand Larry Fitzgerald got going on Sunday a little bit. You know, I know Johnson's going to be a feature guy. It feels hard to imagine three different Cardinals pass catchers could be fantasy worthy, but I, I think there's there's a spot for him somewhere, and and I like it. And I think the second half of the season will be about seeing whether one day he could be a a, a number one or something close to it. So they're going to give him his chances. I think there's no. I mean, to me, there's. I would rather see him getting the ball than Ricky Seals Jones, who's a nice, you know, sort of option. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't feature him. I don't think they have to force it to to, to Larry Johnson. Will get his five or six catches a game. Kirk's Kirk can still have a role in that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, both of those uh, rookies. It seems like it's a good year for those rookies, like these two guys and Cortland Sutton. We just keep pushing, yeah. and maybe uh, Michael Gallup will be in this mix here pretty soon that we can talk about as a worthy guy among the rookies. Now, a couple guys that aren't rookies. One guy is a second-year player there, Mike Williams in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Tyrell Williams has come on and become a big play machine as well. Kind of the underrated storyline of the season. Philip Rivers is playing really well, but the Keenan Allen numbers haven't been there because these two guys kind of take turns making big plays and touchdowns. Now, if going forward, when you look at it, Travis Benjamin could also be a little bit healthier here. Who do you kind of like between these two Williamses? Cause they've been showing both the same qualities there in the red zone and making the big plays. Yeah, that's a good question. And you're right. It, it has been frustrating for like a team perspective where you say, okay, you know, who's going to get it this week? And, and Keenan Allen was thought to be kind of, you know, scheme, you know, matchup proof or any of that stuff. And and that necessarily hasn't been the case. So really tough call here. And, and I don't know that you just sit there every week and say to yourself, okay, well this week they're playing, um, I don't even know who, uh, Seattle. Okay. Now that game, we're going to play Mike Williams. It, it's really hard to say. I think it is one of those things where they run, so many three, four, or five wide receiver sets. They've got two backs who can catch it. There are going to be days where you you start one of them and you know you roll the dice and it doesn't end up working out. You have a two catch, twenty three yard game from them. And I would, I, I think uh, Tyrell Williams may have like a bigger bag of tricks, but I almost feel like Mike Williams is, has got a role where 
there might be a little consistency week to week with him, a little bit more. I don't know. I, what do you think? Is there is there a strong feeling that one of them's clearly ahead of the other at this well, point? I think they're two very good DFS options from week to week, good especially point. in tournament and GPP. So yep. because they both can explode for big games. Well, Keenan Allen, okay, he's going to have a mild game now, but maybe we just look a week to week with these guys. And you look at the Seattle matchup, and maybe we can draw some parallels there. Marvin Jones was the guy that went off. Kenny Galladay was quiet. They didn't really do much in the slot there. They have a Trey Flowers who's been struggling there in coverage for the Seahawks. So maybe it's all about who do we think is Trey Flowers going to be on and uh, take advantage of that. Right. No, that could be it. And, and Oakland the week after that, they've had their share of issues. I don't think Denver's the same team, you know, with, in coverage-wise. And so, you know, these next three weeks could help answer that question a little bit. And then they, you know, we, we might have a clear answer. But that's a good point about uh, – the daily fantasy plays that there could be some, you know, if you start manipulating it and figure out who's on who, then, then you could probably exploit that a little bit. Yeah. And it's a good time to start looking at daily because, uh, more and more of you guys might be out of your uh, yes. season long and it's a good time to kind of think and, uh, kind of refocus perspective there. Cause there's a lot of values to be had. Uh, we'll ask one more question of you before uh, we get out of here. Now looking at, uh, what do we expect going forward uh, with the Falcons backfield? We have Ito Smith and looking at Tevin Coleman as well. Coleman is kind of the edge guy we've seen. Do you think after the bye we'll see them maybe readjust their running game here uh, going forward? Uh, I don't really like the matchup against the Redskins who have been downright nasty against the run, but uh, I think you kind of have to look uh, maybe deeper into the numbers. Who's better there in terms of can they run on the edge with Coleman or Ito Smith? Yeah, I mean, you're right about this matchup. The Redskins, if you haven't seen what they've what they've done recently against some quality running backs, they've just absolutely shut them down. That's probably the 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 unquestioned strength of the team at this point. So, yeah, I mean, that that matchup frightens me and I don't want people to draw too many conclusions from that alone. I mean, you know, the the fact that Edo Smith's scored more touchdowns than Coleman is obviously going to catch your eye, but the lack of explosive place. He was supposed to be this sort of quick as a hiccup guy. That's that's really what worries you a little bit. So, you know, I'm still on the Coleman train. Uh, I understand he's got – I guess he has more touchdowns overall. But, you know, the rushing touchdowns is what I meant. But, you know, I guess I, I still feel like I trust him in more situations than I trust Smith. You know, Smith could still have that that game where he, you know, he rushes the ball nine times for 79 yards and a touchdown at some point down the stretch and everybody goes, aha. But to me, I don't, you know, for a season long type of basis, I think Coleman's the guy and, you know, there still is going to be a ratio that kind of favors him a little bit. I don't know. I, I, I've never fallen completely in love with Edo Smith, even though I've kind of recommended picking him up. I don't know that I, that I sort of can, can totally embrace him at this point. Yeah, it's kind of wait-and-see approach, especially with their offensive line injuries and not necessarily a team that's going to run the ball effectively week in and week out. So that's also a problem there. So, Eric, uh, thanks for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule here. Tell everyone what you're working on there at Pro Football Weekly. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I've got a few things going on here this week. I'll keep doing my, my true turnover table. We look at uh, not only fumbles and interceptions, but also missed field goals and fourth down uh, failures as well as in the big picture. And the, the Browns numbers are shocking how good they are at it and how bad their record is. <laughs> That's why they made a change. But uh, yeah, that and a few other little things over at Pro, Pro Football Weekly. Yeah, check that out. Also, some great uh, 
Fantasy Football Insight and already looking ahead uh, scouting for the uh, 2019 draft. So good stuff there all around. Good stuff from Eric. Eric, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, good luck in your games this week. All right. Thanks for the YouTube, man. Thanks again to Eric at home there some uh, good good stuff he's always ahead of the curve when looking at the younger players in the league so it's good to get his insight on those rookie wide receivers especially and uh it's uh, a good time to think about how you're going to be putting away money for the holidays and uh, what you might be winning in fantasy football this year uh, whether you're playing a year long or dfs and you want to make your money stretch further and uh, you got to think about it isn't it crazy how much we play for brand new name brand clothes? It's a lot of money when uh, we're outgrowing them, especially if you're buying them for kids and they just outgrow them in a few months. Well, it wouldn't be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, there is good news for you. It's Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Why drive to store after store sifting through racks when you can easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com? And have their easy-to-use filters help you find just what you need. And you can also feel good about uh, shopping at Swap.com. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. So go to Swap.com, shop secondhand. You're helping to prevent textile waste from polluting the environment. So you can save money and also save the environment. Two things to feel really good about. And... Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. And there are quality hand-inspected items added to Swap.com daily. And if something doesn't fit, you can enjoy hassle-free returns at Swap.com within 30 days. And a special offer for listener for Locked On Fantasy Football, you can get 35% off select items for your first order with the promo code Locked On. Just use the promo code Locked On, get 35% off select items with your first order, and that's on top of all the good savings up to 90% retail that you're going to save on a lot of great brands there. And you can always find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. So again, go to Swap.com, get those uh, great deals on slightly used clothes, 35% off select items. With your first order, use that promo code locked on. When we get back, we'll look at the, some of the tight end and the defenses that you can look at here for week nine and beyond. Now, there's not too much out there at a tight end. It's been a really tough position, so we're always looking for help. Well, there's a little bit out there. I think you have to look at Vance McDonald more and more. He's still a viable guy there. In the Steelers' offense, it's been a bit of a uh, struggle there to know how much he's going to get the ball over Jesse James, but he's still a plus guy. You look at Juju Smith-Schuster, things are not coming as easy for him. They're pretty much not using a third receiver there with James Washington. So McDonald's really the fourth option behind uh, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and James Conner in the passing game. So that's still pretty good in the pecking order of the defense that you have there. Now, when you look at uh, Jack Doyle, you got to say he's back and looked pretty good here for the Colts. And uh, 
He scored. He was the number one guy there over Eric Ebron in terms of usage. Ebron also scored a touchdown there in Oakland, but Jack Doyle looked healthy. The old Jack Doyle that we're used to in fantasy football, getting open in the middle field, catching everything for Andrew Luck. So Jack Doyle, he's been floating out there in the waiver wire, and people have just forgotten about him with that hip injury, and he's missed a lot of time. Now he looked fully healthy and good here. He's your guy that uh, could be a good solution for you at that tight end one as well. Chris Herndon. It's tough to trust every week with him in this offense, but with the wide receiver injuries there with the Jets and Sam Darnold needing a security blanket, Chris Herndon has been the guy. He stood out away from a Jordan Leggett, and he had Neil Sterling was banged up again last week against Chicago. So Chris Herndon, everything's lining up to him to be a key target. If there's one guy that's going to score for the Jets now on any part of the field, it looks like Chris Herndon pretty much going forward. So those are maybe your three guys as you look at a tight end uh, there is again it's been a tough position there have been some decent players if you don't have uh zach Ertz or travis kelsey you've been trying to just figure it out from week to week uh ebron has been a hope there but jimmy graham guys like that have been inconsistent so you always want to keep looking for help there now chiefs as we flip to the defense i know the browns they're not as uh good there defensively on the road but the browns uh is an offense run by a rookie quarterback. The Chiefs are getting after the quarterback. The Browns are giving up a lot of sacks here. Turnover potential there for Mayfield. To so Kansas City on the road, I still like them. And a good spot again, last call for them, because next week it's Arizona. So another good spot for the Chiefs. So three-week window, the Chiefs really came through against the Broncos with a couple sacks, turnovers there from uh, Case Keenum. So definitely looking like a better defense. And uh, I always like to look at uh, defenses there in primetime San Francisco at home that you can look at at home against the Raiders. The, the Raiders can still make mistakes, so that will give them a primetime bump. I can't say I want to play the Patriots at home against the Packers. They're not in that spot, but you do look at Monday Night Football with the Cowboys coming off a bye, well-rested. They can get after the Titans. The Titans offensive line not playing well. This is a team that gave up 11 sacks a few weeks ago to Baltimore. We know the Cowboys can get after the passer. They have the primetime bump at home for Monday Night Football as well for the Cowboys, so an excellent defense. Now, Carolina... It's going to be tough to see them available in most leagues, but they brought it against the Ravens. Now uh, they get Tampa Bay. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick is in there, but he's a mistake guy as well. Could throw some pick sixes there for sure for Carolina. And James Winston, he would have liked Carolina a little bit more at home, the way Winston was tanking. But Fitzpatrick can also have those games, as we've seen against uh, Chicago and Pittsburgh, that uh, the meltdown can't happen for Ryan Fitzpatrick there. So, so a couple good streaming defenses there that you can look at here in a week. Nine that actually might have uh, more value going forward. So there you have it. There's a look at uh, all the things you need to know on the waiver wire here. Just a lot of things in flux, looking for help during these bye weeks. That's what we're here for. Kind of giving the insight, not just for what you can get from these guys in the short term, but what's in the long term in store for them as well. So we love uh, doing this here in a kind of a, Makes our nice transition there from what we saw in week eight to going full on to week nine and then trying to win games going forward. So thanks again to Eric Edholm of Pro Football Weekly of joining the show. Well, tomorrow we'll have uh, Jeff Ratcliffe of Pro Football Focus as we go matchup focused and look at the games, all of them on the week nine schedule, abbreviated schedule with uh, six teams on by. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time.